0: we've all faced and dealt with, is fear. Everyone has been hit with that same force of fear, uh, maybe in different areas. For some people, maybe the health of their bodies. For other people, financial. For other people, uh, you know, just fear of death, fear of destruction of relationships, fear of, you know, all the, the list goes on and on and on. But regardless of how it was expressed to you, the force behind it was a force of fear. And so how many know that when you've been hit over and over and over and over again with something, sometimes you can kind of come out of the ring a little discombobulated, like I'm not real sure where I'm at or what's going on or what's up or what's down, you follow me? And uh, when a fighter's in a fight and they take several punches Um, sometimes it can take a minute for them to regain their footing and their composure. And I feel like a lot of us, we've kind of had the breath knocked out of us, um, you know, as a result of some of the things that have happened. And I know that we, you know, we fought and we've, you know, we've moved forward and, you know, we've made progress and we did all the things and we draw near to the Lord and all those types of things. But what I just what I felt like the Lord was talking about is when you've went through something very traumatic, sometimes <clears throat> there can be residual pockets build up of fear that you're dealing with in your thoughts, like in your mind and your emotions and stuff like that. And uh, you know when you've been constantly bombarded, you know how you know the world is slanging fear on a level. That I have never seen. They've always slung fear, but it's almost like they've ramped it up a thousand times. And the level of fear and the way that it can get to you has multiplied exponentially. I mean, because now, I mean, you can get, not only can you get fear through the radio, you can get it through the television, you can get it through the internet, you can get it through your cell phone. You can get it through Facebook and Twitter. Um, you can get it through Snapchat. You can get it through TikTok. You can, you can, you can. Fear can come get, can come be exposed. Uh, it can expose itself to you through all these things, right? And so, and then you know, you take all of that and all of those voices of fear, and then you take all the hell that that many people have been through in this past year. There can be an element of shell shock. And what I really feel like the Lord wants to do <clears throat> is He wants to address those areas of shell shock where fear is still kind of reverberating. How I mean, you know, fear is not something that you can, compart, can compartmentalize and control. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, it's like <clears throat> if you have a fear of, let's say, grasshoppers, right? And it's compartmentalized and it's in your mind, right? and then you add in you know, a fear of this and a fear of that and a fear of this, and they're all in these little compartments, how I many you know that fear can start to bleed over into your daily life to where you're driving and all of a sudden the enemy hits you with fear, you're going to die in a car crash, or you're going to die of this disease, or this is going to happen to your kids, or whatever. And, and what happens is, is, is we've had this season of getting bashed with fear, and it's time for us to, to cleanse it, to purposefully cleanse it out of our heads. You follow me? Here recently, Ethan had, he may have ever had an uh, ingrown um, nail, hangnail, like a hangnail, but it gets infected. Like, you know, it's all big. and stuff. It's one of the most painful things in the world because everything you touch hurts, right? Yeah. I've had one, probably most of you guys have had one before. Ethan got his first one here recently. And um, and it was just like, you know, he, he had a hard time playing basketball, hard time lifting weights. I mean, he couldn't hardly, because it just hurt so bad. And it was like, we've got to get the stuff that's in there out so that you can function properly. And so we, you know, he needed to put a hot compress on there to try to draw it out and then some antibacterial ointment to just kind of try to get it out of there. Because once the, that stuff's out, your function is restored. I feel like that people have had so much bombardment of fear that that fear is just almost dormant in people's minds of like torment and worry that we need to, just like we purposefully went after what was hurting Ethan in his finger, we purposefully went after it and removed it. I feel like we need to purposefully remove some fear that's trying to linger around in our lives and to remove it. Now, Here's the beautiful thing. You never have to fight fear in your own strength. Never. That's the beauty of it because, you know, here's the thing. Let me lay it out to you like this. Let's say I walked into this room today. Let's say I got here about 4 o'clock in the morning. It was dark outside, no lights on, and I walked into the room and I decided that I was going to fight darkness out of the building. (laughs) I mean, you know, if I'm in the dark, swinging, trying to fight darkness with my fist, and you guys come in here and see me, y'all going to think I'm weird. <laughs> y'all gonna pray for my deliverance, right? Because how I many you know you can't beat darkness with fists. You can't beat fear with your willpower. How I many you know darkness is easily destroyed? All you gotta do is flick a light switch on. You don't gotta fight. You just gotta turn on the light. Y'all tracking me here? The light is love. How I many you know love is what drives out fear? And until we turn the love light on, all those battles of worry and fear that we're fighting, we're gonna, it's gonna be like fist fighting in the dark. How I mean, you know if I fist fight darkness in the dark, I'm going to lose. Yeah. I'm going to tire myself out. I'm going to wear myself down, and I'm going to end up being worse than what I was when I first started. Because I'm going to be wearing myself out, right? And so, how I mean, you know you're not called once again to fight darkness. You're called to turn on the light. Amen. Let's take a look at it in First John chapter four and in verse seventeen. It says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Some of my favorite scripture and all passages of scripture and all of scripture. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect, mature love drives out fear. Do y'all see that? Because fear involves torment. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And so, if we want to remove these little pockets of fear, because how I many know oh, these little pockets of fear, this dissonance, this battle that you've been through, how I many know oh, that it'll, it'll try to get over into your daily life? How many know we have the ability to live afraid? If you are living afraid, if we're in a state of living afraid, we're living in a state of constant stress. How many know that can wear away on your physical body? That can wear away on your emotions. How many know it can impact your decision making processes? I think many of us. You know, we, we've had this season of holding down and trying to survive. And I feel like it's time to come out of the cave and live. <laughs> you know, it's not a time to hold down and survive. It's a time to come out and to live. You know, in, in Hosea chapter 4, it says, "...the Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in His wings." And it says that we will go forth and grow up like calves of the stall. And what that's literally talking about, it's like you take a young calf and he's placed in the stall and he's in there for a long period of time, but all of a sudden you bust open the door and this young calf, just like the kids when they ran the children's church. You know what I'm saying? They're well They're out. Well, the son of righteousness is arising with healing in his wings. How many of you know that light is the light of God's love to heal you of the fear that's pulled up in your mind? And the love of God needs to dry up those pools of fear so that you're no longer functioning in fear. You're not fathering in fear, mothering in fear. Husbanding in fear, wifing in fear, friending in fear, employing in fear, every aspect of your life dominated by fear. I mean, no, that is not the call of God on your life. You're invited into a place of fearlessness. It can be found in the love of God. You see it? You see the promise? I think it's one of the most astounding promises in Scripture. It says, But he who fears has not been made perfect in love, implying. That you could be made perfect in love and not fear. If we'll allow love. How I many you know love always removes fear? Always. Always. You know, why, why do our children want to sleep in our bed at night when they're afraid? Right? Because they want to be around the person that loves them and can protect them. And so they can be dealing with fear, had a bad dream or whatever, but they come to, to us, and if they're still dealing with that bad dream, I mean, you know, sometimes you've got to talk them out of it. How you got to talk them out of it? you got to shine love into them. It's okay. You're safe. That's not real. got to bring to them what's truth. There's nothing going to hurt you. There's nothing going to harm you. And you shine that love until that fear leaves, and then they can rest. Are y'all tracking me here? That is God's plan for your life in this life. That He'd be able to sit you down on His lap as the loving Father that He is and, and love the fear out of you so you don't have to live a life crippled by fear because it's not your calling. How many you know, you know, and, and the, the, the challenging thing about fear is fear is not logical. It's, it's completely illogical. Now, there are logical aspects of a healthy respect for things. You know what I'm saying? What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, like, you know, I'm not just going to give Eli a knife and tell him to take off running. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be like, the knife is sharp, be careful, blah, 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 can't play with this, etc. But how many know that, that, that there is a healthy respect for things, but fear is debilitating. And it robs people of quality of life. And there are high levels of fear, low levels of fear, but worry is not the call of God for your life. How many know that, 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 that worry is a, a distrust in God? Are you all tracking me here? And here's the thing. The reason that we don't trust Him is we don't believe that He loves us. If we really believe that He loves us, then we wouldn't have any trouble trusting Him. The issue is, is does He love us? And then the issue is, is, is there something in me that's worthy or valuable enough to be loved? That all, These are always the questions that come. And, and, and the answer, if we're honest with ourselves, is, you know, I mean, we have all messed up big time, repeatedly. And if your eyes are open, you, you can see um, that when you come to the Lord, you don't bring a lot to the table. That is an understatement of the century. But like, but he comes to you and he's like, he actually seeks you out. And and he's like, I'm gonna find you. And I'm I love you, and I love you, you know, just the way you are, with all your faults, all your shortcomings, all your failures. I know your past. I paid for all of your, your sin. I find value in you. I love you, right? And so, I don't know about you guys, but that's a part of what attracted me to him in the first place is that he was willing to love somebody like me because I didn't deserve to be loved by anybody. And so, he begins to convince us of that love, and as we believe it, it begins to to turn the light on and evaporate the fear out of our lives. But, how you know, man-made religion took the love of God and the fear of God and weaponized it into a a device that can be used to control people. (laughs) God loves you if I say He loves you. This is from the pastor's perspective. And God only loves you if you if you do this and this and this and this and this. And if you don't do those things, then God don't love you and you're cursed. That's how it was. If we want to look at it and just strip it down and lay it out on the table and take a look at what it is, And so, how will you ever get set free from fear when fear is used to control you in your relationship with God? You won't. You cannot be set free like that. Because the same whip that beats you is the same whip that claims to feed you. And so a lot of people have grown weary and hurt by the church and hurt by legalism. And a lot of people have almost given up on God because of the hardships and the horrendous things that have happened in the church. It's true. I met somebody when we were doing evangelism the other day. This is so interesting. Never met anybody like this. We were out in the street and uh, there's this sweet little, little old lady uh, doing her flowers out front. And so I thought, man, let's go talk. To and so we were doing drive-bys. That's what we do sometimes. We'll just all be in the car like a bunch of Holy Ghost gangsters, and then we just find people, and then we we'd try to stop the car far enough away from them not to scare them. <laughs> you know, because we're tracking them down, is what we're doing, you know. But we were cool about it, and we pulled down, and we walked up to her. She was so sweet. And, you know, and, and, you know and I op- what I open with now is the love of God. I just don't even mince words. I'm just like, do you know? I just look into people's eyes, and I'm like, do you know that God loves you? And he loves you more than anyone has ever loved you before. And I say it not as a trite saying. I say it because it's the truth, and I believe it. And so it has impact. And so it immediately, like, she received it. It warmed her heart, and she was thankful. And we just chatted for a little bit. But now, how I many know oh, I've got to bring in Jesus. I can't just talk to them about the fact that God loves them. They didn't know who God is. Because without the name, how many know without Jesus you ain't getting saved? There is no no other name whereby men can be saved. So you can't get saved under G-O-D. You gotta get saved under Jesus Christ. So I gotta bring in Jesus. Now here's the challenge with Jesus is Jesus is a polarizing figure. He's the line in the sand. He's the I don't play well with other religions and I don't coexist with anyone. (laughs) <laughs> That's our God, and I love Him for it. I mean, He's a strong God. You know, when they when they brought an idol into the temple, that idol that idol bowed down. Come on, Dagon. Or was His name Dagon? It shouldn't be. <laughs> Dagon. He was like Dagon. He fell down, <laughs> lost his head. D a g o n. <laughs> Dagon. Thank you, Dan. That's right. Dagon. That's right. Dagon. Dagon went Dagon. <laughs> They all bow, uh, and so I said, "I said, well, I said, what are your thoughts on Jesus?" You know, and she was like, "She's like, I don't know about Jesus." And I was like, "Okay." I was like, "Who was with me? Were anybody any of y'all with me?" Okay, you were with me. Cool. Casey was with me. We did this together, and uh, and she was like, um, "She was like, Christians have done so many horrible things." that I can't buy into Jesus. And it was devastating. What did you say, Casey? In the name of Jesus, yeah. And you know what? She's right. And I totally agreed with her, you know? And I just like, you know what? I agree with you 100%. I've been hurt more in the name of Christianity than I ever have in a bar. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's but there's a war going on and the enemy plays both sides of the field, so... You know, that's just how it is. And so we talked to her. And, but, like, I didn't try to force it. I didn't try to make it happen. We just loved on her and talked to her. And then we asked if we could pray for her. And she was initially hesitant, wasn't she? Yeah, she wouldn't allow us to pray for her. She would pray, how did she say it? She said, I won't pray with you. Yes, yes. But yet I could pray. So, you know, to me, this is like a beautiful opportunity to shine the love of God into somebody with no strings attached, and just you know, because how you know God loves her. Can't get an amen. And it wasn't God's will that she be hurt by so many people. Are y'all tracking me here? And um, and it was you know, and we prayed with her and we thanked her, and she told us to stop by any time that we wanted to. So there's an opportunity there to, to minister into someone's life who's, who's worthy of who God loves. You know, I mean, and it's, it's powerful, man. I'm not even sure why I told that. Does anybody know why I talked about that? <laughs> Amen. It was just wonderful, though. It was such a good, good opportunity. But, but, oh, talk about people being hurt. That's what it is. You know, I mean, people have been tremendously hurt. In the church. And and there's an example of someone who's dealt with that, right? And so you can't get free from fear when fear is the tool that's used to train you and disciple you. Amen? Now, how many know we've left those days behind? Amen? We're no longer there. And so we're, we're allowing ourselves to be trained by the love of God. We're allowing ourselves to believe in the love of God. We're allowing ourselves to But but I'm just here to tell you right now, I honestly believe by the Spirit of God that there are some areas that need to be serviced in our minds because of what we've went through. And we need to like purposely take the light of the love of God and shine it in there and remove that fear. How many know? listen, and this is a part of the deliverance process. Tune yourself into the peace of God. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? I'm talking about peace is your default setting as a believer. How do, you, how do you tune yourself in? How many of you know when you tune an instrument, you gotta find something you gotta tune it, tune it with, right? Well, the way you tune yourself, the gospel is what tunes you. See, the, the gospel is what brings that initial place of peace that comes from God. Amen? What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, how many know that, that according to Romans chapter 5, that we now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ? Can I get an amen? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the gospel comes in and it removes any doubt in your mind concerning the way God feels about you, concerning your sin and your mistakes. And it allows you to understand and to believe that Jesus was successful on the cross and that He took care of all of your sin. Can I get an amen? He took care of all your past sin, present sin, future sin. All your sin was future when Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. It was a timeless event that was outside of time. And so all of your sin has been paid for. And so the way that you're going to tune yourself into peace is you're going to hear that message again. You're going to, you're going to, you know, the the in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, it says, They which receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. That word receive in the Greek is in the present perfect tense. It's a continual receiving. How many know I've got to continually receive oxygen in order to live? You've got to continually receive the gift of righteousness afresh and anew in order to reign, to rule. How many know when you're reigning, and I'm not talking about REIGN, I'm talking about about reigning in life as a king. In the Greek, it's the word basilio. When you're reigning, how many know fear is not reigning over you? You're the head and not the tail. And so when you're reigning, you're in a position of influence, you're in a position of authority. So in order for that to happen, you've got to regularly receive this gift of righteousness, understanding that Jesus has become your righteousness. Jesus has become your right standing with God. Can I get an amen? And your right standing with God is not a behavior. Your right standing with God is not a conduct. It's not your church attendance. How many of you know? your right standing with God is a person? Jesus is, has become your place of right standing with God. How did that happen? He that knew no sin became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God in Him. And then when you stepped into Christ, I mean, oh, you laid down your filthy rags of righteousness and you took up His garment, His robe of righteousness, and now you enjoy the same righteousness that Jesus enjoyed while He walked this earth. Can I get an amen? And I'm going to take it a step further in this passage First uh, John chapter 4, verse 17, not only are, do you have the same gift of righteousness as Jesus when He walked this earth, but look at this. Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as He is, so are we in this world. What is that saying? That means that as Christ is in heaven, resurrected on the right hand of God, you are in this world. Can I get an amen? This is now your identity. Now, He's always the head. He's always the boss. He's always God. We're just in the body. Are y'all tracking me here? You're not elevating your your place to His position in any way, shape, form, or fashion. He is God, but we are a part of that body. And so, when you understand that, when you know that, when you believe that, what it does is it deposits a peace into your heart. And in order to be aware... Of the presence of fear, you need to already have the presence of peace. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, when I'm in, and I'm in, when I hear the gospel, and I know I'm forgiven, and I know God loves me, and I know God's for me, and I know that my sin has been taken care of, I'm abiding in a place of peace. How I mean, you know most people have spent so much time living in fear, they don't know what it feels like to not be afraid. They've lived so long in it; it's become their norm. And they don't. And see, a lot of times when people live like that, they try to get free through substance. They'll try to drink themselves free, pill themselves free, you know, sex themselves free, sleep themselves free, entertain themselves to a place of freedom. How I mean, you know fear can't be conquered by anything other than the love of God? Just like light, just like darkness can't be conquered by anything but light. Can can anything beat darkness but light? Nothing. If you think about it, only light will chase away darkness. Nothing else can. Only the love of God has the ability to strip that fear out of us. Amen? And so what we want to do, like I said, we want to stop living in a state of fear. Are y'all tracking me here? We want to remove that. We want to be aware of it. Think, wait... I, I'm feeling fear. Wait a minute! I need to pull peace back here. I let not my heart be troubled; neither do I let it be afraid. I'm maintaining peace. Can I get an amen? I mean, this is important. This. Can I cannot get my watch to stop beeping? Praise God! Come on! I don't understand you. Why? Stacey always makes fun of me over this. Because, like, I don't know how this watch works, right? Like, at all. And, and, I, and I just won't even learn how. But it'll, it, will, it will periodically just beep. And so I just push every button on it until it stops. And then it'll just keep going, and it'll beep again, and I'll just push every button. And then somehow or another it'll stop beeping. It won't beep again for three or four days. But now it's like it's beeping, man. <laughs> she always makes fun of me for that. It's a, it's a viable thing to make fun of somebody for. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But we don't. We don't. How I many know oh, we don't want to live in fear. And we don't want to live worried. We don't want to live shell shocked. How I many know oh, we want to reign in life. And and we have to address these areas of fear. And see, here's the thing. How I many know oh, things don't change until you say this is not okay like this is not my normal. I mean, you, know, you you have to set a standard. If you don't set a standard, then you won't know what to cast out or what to take a stand against. And I think that some of us we've been through seasons where we were we felt like we were almost tumbling and we didn't know where the standard was at. And and how I mean, you know, you, you got to come back and, and find your standard in the word of God. Amen? Find your standard right here. This is truth right here, right? And so let's set a standard in our life like, I'm not going to live worried. I'm not going to live afraid. I'm not going to live nervous. I'm not going to live in panic attacks and fear. I'm going to rise up above it. Amen? Now, once again, you're not doing this in your own strength, but what you are doing is you're focusing in on the love of God, allowing it to drive out that fear. And and the way that, that we focus it, you know, I mean, you can start a fire if you have a lens, right? We watch a lot of Survivor. Can I have a fan on, pretty please? We watch a lot of Survivor in our house right now. That's like our show. And uh, one of the biggest things in Survivor is you got to start a fire. And if you can't start a fire, you can't boil water. And if you don't have water, then, you know, life's rough, right? And so, one of the ways they do it is someone has a pair of glasses. They'll take the glasses and then let the sunlight shine through and then they'll put it in the like dried grass or whatever and it'll start it up. Well, the gospel is the lens that shines the love of God through to start that fire on, on, in the inside of us and to drive out that fear. So what I want to encourage you is don't think because you know the gospel and you know the truth of how much God loves you, don't think because you know it that you're experiencing it. That's really important because it's not a head-knowledge thing. We, we can get into the head-knowledge territory, and we can, we can take the test, and we can check the box, and we got the cliche, and we know the right thing to say, but inside we're not experiencing it. And if you're not experiencing it, you need to draw near to the Lord. Can you get an amen? How many of the Lord said, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you? Well, God's always near. You can't get any closer to you than on the inside of you. But how many know you have the ability to open yourself up to the things of God? How many know you did that today by coming to church? You did that today by joining in online. You made a decision to open yourself up. But <clears throat> sometimes when we've been through some hell, we've got to draw really near. Just like for another example, Eli having a nightmare and needing to to come into our room. You know, his first place of drawing near is to come to the edge of his, of his door, like his room, and he yell for us. And then a little bit closer, he's in our room. That's not enough. In the bed, still not enough. Cuddle next to mommy, that's enough. <laughs> you follow me? Yeah. yeah, it's a progression, right? How many know in your own relationship with God, you can get progressively closer in your awareness of how much he loves you? to the door of the threshold, into the room, into the bed, cuddle up next to your father. Can you get an amen? And, and, but it's, it's our decision to come. I mean, you know, Eli could sit in the bedroom and be afraid and not receive the ministry from his mom and dad that he needs. I mean, he could try to endure the nightmare by himself. I mean, that's a hard thing for a child to do. And they don't have to do that, right? But you hear my, you hear this thing? <laughs> Why? You disobey me. <laughs> I don't even know what button it is. You think it's fun. Is it this one? No. This one. No, this one. That one. It's the right oh, top like, button. Watch. I just <laughs> it'll beep ten minutes from now. <laughs> Amen. Now I don't even know what I was talking about. Help me out. Thank you. Yeah, yes. Amen. Yeah, I know. That's what it is, brother. That's what it is. It's a snooze button. It's cool. You know what it allows us to do? It allows us to laugh every 10 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll be all serious and, you know, preaching and talking about the Lord, and then 10 minutes later, we'll all laugh. I forget what I was talking about. Y'all remind me. We'll keep going. Oh, Lord. But but how many know that that it's Eli's choice whether he comes to receive or not? And it's his choice how close he comes. How many know it's the same for us? And I think that some of us, we need to take a season of of really drawing near to get this fear out. Are y'all tracking me here? So that we don't have to live in a state of fear, but we can live in a state of peace. Are y'all tracking me here, <clears throat> so that we can maintain that peace and we can live out of that place, you know? And so what, what, what that really, and once again, it comes back to awareness, breaking out of living in fear. You know, I, I've experienced, I've had people come in here before and when they first come in, you know, and, and when I travel and stuff too, I, I also see, see this, but if I'm around somebody and they're afraid of me because I'm a man of God, then they've been abused. They've been abused. And they need healing. I mean, I can't tell you, I've seen people come in and, you know, I come up to them and they're like scared, you know? And, and they're shocked that I would want to give them a hug or talk to them or, or something like that. And, and it's sad because it's like, I mean, you, know, you know, when it, you, can, you can spot an animal when it's been abused. You can tell by the way it acts. And and you can you can spot a Christian when they've come out of an environment of abuse of abuse, and they need a place of safety and healing to be set free. Um, you know from from that trauma, man. Because it it you should never be afraid of the person that's charged with taking care of you. I mean, know, oh, the role of a pastor is shepherd. Yes. That's it. You ever see what a shepherd does? Just takes care of the sheep. It's not flashy. It's not dramatic. It's, not, it's a very simple job of just taking care of sheep, taking care of people, and doing life with them. And if people are afraid of the one that's supposed to be taking care of them, then there's something wrong with the way they're being taken care of. Y'all tracking me here? And and a part of what God wants to set all of us free from is just fear dominating and controlling our lives. You know. And once again, many of us we've come out of environments like that. We're not like that anymore. But God wants for you, for His kids, to live fear free. Can okay, I get an amen? Do you want that for your own kids, for your own friends? We don't want anybody living in fear. Amen? And so when you make a decision to draw near to this love and start bringing this love in, how many of you know that this love has the ability to change the dynamic of your household? How many of you know households can be filled with fear or they can be filled with love? How many of you know workplaces can be filled with fear or they can be filled with love? And, and we're fountains. Now, not everybody's a fountain. You know, how many of y'all some people they, they don't have love flowing out of them? <laughs> In fact, they got the opposite. But but how many know you're still called to let that love flow through you, even when it's not flowing through them? Because how many know you're not generating this love, you're not manufacturing this love, you're actually just receiving it. You're receiving it and giving it. So you don't have to charge a price for it. You don't have to give it miserly or greedily. How many know you can become just a love fountain because you have an unending flow of love coming to you? Are y'all tracking me here? Unending, unending, right? And so, how many know we can change the dynamic of our families, we can change the dynamic of our workplaces, amen? How many know when people are afraid they get cranky? How I mean, you know when people are afraid, they lash out and say things they wouldn't normally say. How I mean, you know some people have gotten in arguments and fights not because they were disagreeing, but because they were scared, and they were reacting out of that place of fear that was on the inside of them, and that's the real reason that they were arguing and fighting. Amen. And, and, but but yet we wouldn't think the problem's fear. We think, well, you know, so and so's being a butt you know, or this—if someone else is doing this, or whatever—and this is the problem, and this is the problem. But really, the underlying root of it is people are scared, and and we've been given the ability to cut that out with the love of God. Amen. Not everybody has that ability, but we do, and so we want to cut it out. We don't—we don't want to tolerate it. We don't want to live in it. Let I me mean, you know. The Bible says that a righteous man is bold as a lion. But the wicked flee when no man pursues. What does that mean? When you feel guilty, when you feel condemned, your confidence is far from you. I mean, the wicked flees when no man pursues. How many of you know the wicked feels like he's done something wrong, even when he hasn't done anything wrong? He still feels like he's done something wrong. So, Wicked Man, you know, there's a time in my life when I was very afraid of police officers. You know, rightly so. Had a lot of reason to be afraid of police officers in those days. But police officers would just strike fear. into. I mean, I'd squish up my butt cheeks and slow down and, you know, and try to look straight and look look like I'm... (laughs) I'm a good man, officer. (laughs) True. you know why everybody's laughing? Because we've all done it. Because <laughs> we sit up real straight. You know. <laughs> I love it. But you know, today, I will pass a cop. <laughs> if they're driving too slow, I'll pass them. Because the wicked flees when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. How many you don't have anything to be afraid of? And I'm not being rude. I'm thankful for the police force, really. I mean, I'm on their team now, but I didn't used to be on their team. But um, God wants to bring that place of boldness down on the inside of us to where we're not fleeing and running and afraid and living like that. Amen? And um, I really I feel like it's a time when we're, we're just casting fear off, man. I think some of us, we've operated it so much we didn't even realize we were. We didn't even realize how much fear we were dealing with. And I feel like the Lord is just saying, come on out of that cave of fear. Listen, and here's the thing. It might not break. And this just kind of what it might not break in a moment. Like it might not break completely. This service, but 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 what it is is, it's a series of decisions to come out of that cave, on purpose, to not live there, to not live in fear and anxiety. But it's a it's a it's a coming out. Amen. For some people, for other people, it may just it may just be. You know, you just need an adjustment and need to put your attention back on the love of God and that thing snaps and you're back in your your normal place of peace. But for other people, if they've lived there for a long time, how you know that that it can take some time for them to come out. And you know what? It's okay that it takes time for them to come out. The main thing is is just come out. Don't stay there. Don't live there cuz God has better for you. How many know the shepherd makes the sheep lie down in green pastures. The shepherd brings them beside still waters. The shepherd always, you know, brings them into a place of, of peace, into a place of rest. How many of you know those sheep, when they see that shepherd, they're comforted because they know they're safe and they're protected. Amen? How many of you know that you have a shepherd? His name is Jesus. Can I get an amen? And he wants to protect you and he wants to lead you out of that place of fear beside the still waters and make you lie down in green grass. That means make you rest. I mean, oh, Jesus is your Sabbath rest. Amen? And so that's what He's, he's calling to, to us today. And, and honestly, that's what, I, that's what I have for you guys today. Just really an addressing of that place of fear and uh, just really a, a relinquishing of it and a letting go of it. And we'll, we'll read this passage uh, as we close here. First John chapter 4, verse 17, it says, Love has been perfected among us in this, That we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love because He first loved us. Amen? And so, just an encouragement, man Attack attack that place of fear. Don't tolerate it. Set a standard. Make a decision not to live like that. Let the love of God come in through the gospel. And and understand once again, it's not a head knowledge. How I mean, you know just because you have head knowledge of how much God loves you and how forgiven you are doesn't mean you're experiencing that. Can I get an amen? Right. And and how you know you're called to draw near. You're called to, you know, just like the analogy of Eli, Eli coming out of his his uh, you know his room. You're called to come close and to feel safe. Amen. So just want to encourage everybody in that today. So uh, praise God. Thank you, Lord. So, I just want to lift everybody up in prayer. Father, we just thank you and praise you for everybody here. And uh, Lord, I just thank you that, that uh, you remove all fear, Lord, that uh, you, you cause it to, to, to just, that the bondage of it to snap and to break off people's lives in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. They awake to righteousness. The sun of righteousness arises and shines down upon them, Lord God. They come out of a Adulam, they come out of a cave of fear and anxiety and even self-loathing, Lord God, and they arise out of that place, and I thank You that Your love overwhelms them and causes them uh, to be fear-free, to strip the fear out and off of them, Lord, that they would live in a place of boldness and expectancy, Lord, like like calves of the stall, Lord God, being just released. And Lord, we thank You for it. We thank You for that love. We thank You that we're free from all fear in Jesus' name. Amen.